For many years, one of the brightest and most astute bylines in the city of Chicago was uh, appeared in The Reader and then later in The Sun-Times. And then Don McLeese left Chicago uh, in a kind of circuitous kind of route to Austin, Texas, where he also wrote, then to Iowa, where he teached and taught and maybe still teaches. He's coming back to Chicago and will be here Wednesday night at the hideout, where I'll be Tuesday night. This is crazy. Don, uh, it, it, I was always, as you know, a great admirer of yours. And this book, uh, his third, but vastly different from the previous two, this is titled Slippery Steps, Rolling and Tumbling Towards Sobriety. Uh, I was uh, chilled and uh, charmed and uh, riveted by this book. So congratulations on that, because that's, I guess, why you write a book. Yes, Don? Well, thank you so much, Rick. Uh, yeah, and it's it's great talking to you after you all too. this time. You and, too. And I never really left Chicago. You know, I mean, I, I still keep circling back. I'm, I'm there. Well, you've got you've, you've got that amazing friend John Sauce here and Lloyd Sachs, and you've got you still I, have... I do have friends and family, and yeah, I feel better connected to Chicago and to Austin, for that matter, than I do to Iowa. But that's, you know, and I've been here 20 years. So. Yeah, well, Iowa is vastly different than both places. <laughs> the book begins, yeah. I'm going to read just a couple sentences here. The book begins in utterly chilling fashion. This is Don McLeese writing. I wasn't exactly sure who I was, where I was, or why. I had no idea how long I'd been there. It was very dark out, and it was still pouring, but it was... Ten at night, was it ten at night or four in the morning? There was lightning and there was thunder. It was a hot August night in West Des Moines. I was lying on the grass, immobile and soaked. No one in their right mind, Don McLeese, could not continue reading that book to find out why you wound up there. And that story is remarkable. This must have been, though, old friend, a, a, a difficult book to write. It was a difficult book to write, but it was a really helpful book to write. And yeah. in, in some ways, you know, just cleansing, redemptive, whatever. Uh, I, I wrote it kind of for myself, you know, more than anybody. I, sure. I had to write it not thinking about marketing or publishing or who was going to read it or what they were going to think. I, I wanted to make sense of myself to myself. Uh, and despite that, that, foreboding intro you should let people know that it does have a happy end yes it's well you're on the phone with me how much happier you're gonna get (laughs) but but you write also you write later on in the book you write i didn't write this because i thought a book about me would have any intrinsic and value and if i had i could have made that part way more interesting rock stars journalism gossip whatever my purpose all along was to write about how sobriety can change your life, or at least has changed mine. In that fashion, I don't want to make too much of this, Don, but I think in that fashion, this is an unbelievably powerful, instructive book. Do you, would you say, yes, Rick, of course you're right, or no? Well, uh, well I always say that, Rick, whatever you say. <laughs> yes, Rick, of course you're right. But, uh, but yeah, in, in this case, I mean, I want to make it plain that I'm not, preaching to anybody it's not a preachy uh, book you're right pretty, pretty much all of my my friends my social circle these are all people who drink these are not people who have the problems with drinking 
that I had. Uh, I could have ultimately continued to drink and probably thought that my life was, you know, okay. I was doing okay. You were fu- you were high uh, functioning. Uh, yeah, you had fallen into a routine. I, I just I'm not trying to show you that I really read the book, but you right here again. Uh, my routine at the sometimes required plenty of self-medicating, or so I thought, as I turned to coffee, beer, and margaritas, or and marijuana to manage my increasingly compartmentalized life. My old reader routine of morning running and writing no longer applied. For now, I was writing reviews on an evening deadline, seeing a concert that I'd have to leave by 10.30 in order to drive to the newsroom to file before 11.30. I was not a person who felt all that coherent, let alone creative, after dinner, but I had... To be, I had to become one in order to do the job that now defined me. Man, did we, you and I are of the same era in newspaper. And man, that is that is so true of of me at a time, and you, and a lot of people we knew. I, you could you could pull it off, couldn't you? Well, I, I learned to pull it off. It didn't come naturally. Uh, I was more of a night person then, but I've always been more of a creative writer and a cogent writer in the morning. Yeah, and having to be at my best at you know eleven eleven thirty deadline, you know, and you know what that oh, God, that yeah. pulse yeah. racing thing is like, yep. and, you know, and, and how you can't, you know, you just keep plowing through, and then when you're done, it's it's you know, it's not the adulation you get as a musician, but it's like having that peak adrenaline high at the time when everybody else is asleep and. And you got to come down from that. Uh, and most people can just come down from it naturally, or they stay up for a while, or whatever. I needed to force myself to come down for that because I was still a person who woke up really early in the morning to write. Me so, too. That's exactly. So yeah, I had to. Yeah, I had to change everything, you know, in order to make that work. One of the things that, and there, there are a lot of revelations in here. I mean, I, of course, I know that Lloyd Sachs is a wonderful guy and John Sachs is a wonderful guy. <laughs> that didn't come as any surprise to me. But your time in Austin, when you were kind of lured away from the uh, from the Sun-Times to go to Austin, uh, that was really, really revelatory for me about... Uh, you know, my you right, my beat was the city's nightlife, the music clubs in particular, where there would always be friendly faces and free flowing alcohol. That was not only seductive, but it was dangerous too, Don McLeese, yes? Yes, and it was very different than Chicago oh. because when I was in Chicago I mean there was plenty of liquor flowing freely in sure, Chicago. But sure. when I was on the rock beat, I was Pretty much always the oldest person at the show. I mean, the, there were people who, you know, it was me and maybe the radio guys working the show mm-hmm. and whoever was covering it, you know, for from the competition. But otherwise, these, you know, people, by the time they get into their 30s or 40s or whatever, back then, they didn't, uh, they didn't continue to go to club shows yeah. as much. Yeah. They went to concerts. In Austin, music is the lifeblood of the city so if you're part of that music scene you know i mean it's just it's like one big community and you become enmeshed in that community pretty quick i should also say that austin is a great place to get sober although i did not get sober (laughs) but it was the first time i met people who i really felt connected with and developed lifelong friendships with people who did not drink and i never asked them what horrific thing had happened to make them 
no longer drink, but they didn't drink, I did, and everything was fine. Yeah, same here, same here. I'm talking to Don McLeese about his, what I think is a remarkable book, Slippery Steps, Rolling and Tumbling Toward Sobriety, that's just, just published, and Don will be at the hideout on Wednesday night. Just go to hideoutchicago.com and you get all the information you need. We take a little commercial break and uh, come back and talk uh, a little bit more about, well, I don't want to talk too much about your 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 mother and father the stuff about your mother and father is really uh, not disturbing but it's it's moving to me because i had some of those same uh travails and you know we will not talk about your first wife leaving but i do want to talk about your wife maria with that there's a great i'm gonna read the part where you where you first set eyes on her and i think it's charming so you people stay tuned I have always admired Don McLeese's writing and his uh, critical eye, even though I did like sticks and he did not like <laughs> sticks. Uh, his book is just is 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 uh, fabulously insightful about, it, to my mind, it's insightful about life in general. It's called Slippery Steps, Rolling and Tumbling Towards Sobriety. There is a charming, charming uh, section that uh, where he talks about first seeing his. Uh, very loyal, and I don't want to call her long-suffering, because I think the suffering may be over. Uh, there have been roughly two halves of my life, Don writes, before and after, and the turning point is when I looked across Park West from the stairs above the main floor and saw a young woman with long, dark hair and a white, frilly brow- blouse, and I said to myself, and then maybe even to Lloyd Sachs, another of our mutual friends, you know, If I had a girlfriend like that, I think I could be really happy. Her name was Maria, and you have been really happy with her with some very, 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 I won't get into many of them, but some (laughs) some rough, some rough, one particularly rough time that uh, I I won't mention, but you had two two lovely daughters. You go to Cubs games Mm -hmm. still. how 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 did the family react to this book? I mean, you write very done very honestly and very emotionally. I think about what your family, uh, how your family observed you, and what your family may have thought of you, and how they reacted to your uh, mm-hmm. drinking when you drank. You know, there's been mixed feelings. Yeah, uh, bet. Maria was never a huge fan of me doing this book and some of the things that I felt, you know, I had to be really open about yep. in this book to mm-hmm. tell the story I sure. wanted to tell. You know, my my but I had to kind of pretend that this book wasn't going to be read. You know, yeah. and I still yeah. and still, you know, most most books, most people do not read most books. True. I, I True. had to do this as kind of a soul cleansing experience and i had to set it up in such a way that you know that that we faced some really uncomfortable times which we did together uh i think maria's the hero no quite no absolutely no question no question and that that shines through uh not on every page but on page after page after page uh 
and and you can be yeah she's she's really something i didn't know her well i think i met her once or twice uh and certainly thought well i same. think you and i were out drinking before i started dating her probably true i mean yeah. I, I think you, I, were the, you were there at the beginning I, I mean, half the people i know can say that about me uh yeah rick you I know, thought before, and you forgot most uh, of them you know those, that was long ago that's true and it wasn't the drinking yeah. that made me forget it was just the passage yeah. the passage of time don the passage yes, of time Old age. I'm older than you, Rick. It gets tough, you know. But, uh, yeah, is, my, Maria is, had issues. There are members of my family. You sure. Know, they remember things differently than I do. I wish, you know, they would write their own books. You know, it's it's not. I've I've drawn from my life. When I was in Austin, I wrote a column that was kind of all over the map. And yeah, I drew yeah. from my life sometimes from them. Uh, you know, I've. It isn't the first time that I've used personal experience sure. in my writing. It's sure. probably the deepest oh, no question. that I've gone into it. And any of our personal experience involves other people as yeah. well. Good uh, point. And, and, you know, what you were bringing up with family before, I, I think a part of what this book is about is how much things have changed. I mean, because... From you know, from the viewpoint, up, our thought, parents, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the whole, everybody drank. Sure, everybody smoked cigarettes. People yep. smoked cigarettes on airplanes. You know, yep. there were no interstates. You know, I mean, it was it was like covered wagons or whatever. You know, trying to explain this to people. So, so the whole idea that my dad might have had a drinking problem, which I don't know that he did. He handled it pretty well, but he drank. You know, only beer though. Beer only beer. Only beer, yeah. and it was common wisdom at that time that if you couldn't really have a drinking problem, you certainly weren't an alcoholic if you stuck to beer. Well, you the might drink you, a lot of beer. The way you write it, you write it in here, you write, at the time, alcoholics were comic figures in public culture, slurring and stumbling, and my dad was no comic figure, no Dean Martin or Froster Brooks. Man, that is a name I haven't <laughs> thought of in a long time. I, I can right. see why, Don. I can see you're, you really had, do have your... Uh, your heart in this book, and I don't mean it to to sound like this is a a wonderful you know if you're having drinking problems pick up uh, pick up uh, Don McLeese's latest slippery steps. Uh, I, I think it, it it could be for someone incredibly instructive. Uh, you, you, that the honesty you bring to it is uh, is very pointed, and you, you can. It's palpable honesty, Don, and I, I think that is a, a, a real credit to you and could be a credit. It's also, you know, to my mind, it's a pretty rollicking read, man. It does end. <laughs> it, it, it is. It has a happy ending. There's some there's some uh-huh. there's some uh, crummy moments in there, but it has you know, the <laughs> right. fact that the fact that it has a happy ending is uh, is is uh, fantastic. I'm going to write about it, too. Yeah. I'm going to write about it, because that's what I still do. Uh, Don, I'm going to try to get up there and see you, because I know John Sauce will be there, and and you've made Lloyd Sachs uh, justifiably famous uh, (laughs) with your your take on Lloyd. I'm 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 hoping hoping Lloyd will have a TV show after people read what you think of Lloyd. Uh, But, Don, you you are one of the people I greatly, greatly admire for a long, for a long time. And I'm... uh, and I'm just saying congratulations on this book. It, it, it could not have been easy, and you pulled it off. 
Well, thank you so much. And if I can say one thing, I mean, congratulations on your Lifetime Achievement Award. But well, you, you, uh, you can win a Lifetime Achievement Award and still have to go on the radio. Yeah, I should Sunday, kill myself. You know? Yeah, my life, well, I should drink. that I said you could take the next week off. You know? <laughs> or commit suicide. It's one of two things. <laughs> Don, I hope I get Whatever. to see you this week, pal. And it's really, it's, I hope so too, it's an amazing yeah. book. An amazing, so amazing much. book. Thank you. Thank you. Safe mm-hmm. travels. Bye.